Hello and welcome to Safe Word. Who's got Safe Word? I'm Peter Vincent. I'm Colin Williams. And this week we discussed. What did we discuss? What book is it? Never Too Late. Wow, that is not a very descriptive title, nor related at all to the book. <laughs> um, yeah, like if you if you gave me a multiple choice and that was one of the options, I would not have chosen that. Can't even place what that title's meant to be. What wasn't too late? What's it in reference to? If anything. Last week's book could have been Never Too Late. Do you want to jump in on the plot? Yeah. So this week, I read the book very, very quickly and don't remember lots of it. But let's see how we go. It, it was, was a very quick book to read. Oh my god, it was so short. There was only like... Well, I'm on page one and it says time left in book, 56 minutes, if that's any indication. There's only 800 locations, like Kindle locations. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I got most of the way through it last night, and then took this with me on the train this morning, and finished it. Like, and then I was like, oh, what do I do on the train now? I had not prepared. I need to do something else. In the afternoon at work, I thumbed through, like, like I was barely reading it, I thumbed through 40% of it. <laughs> Characters. We got Chris Kessler. I don't even, like, it's so short that I didn't even work out how I was going to pronounce their name. Like, I, I mean, didn't... Chris, I kind of had a guess at. <laughs> You're so smart. Mm. Um, yeah, but, like, with longer books, you know, you sort of, like, pronounce their names in your head and you get a way that you think about them and then they make a movie out of it and you're totally wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I just didn't get that with this book because it's so short. But anyway, Chris Kessler and Ali Montalvo. I was pronouncing it Ali. Oh, really? Yeah. To me, Ali is a guy's name. Like, Alibaba. To me, Ali's not really a name. I thought it was short for, like, Allison. Oh, maybe. <laughs> well, I'm getting messages. Are you jealous? You didn't put your phone on airplane mode for this very important recording? Do you, do you want me to? No, not, not particularly. No, I did. Oh, good. <laughs> Just then. <laughs> Just for you. Because I love you. Anyway, the book, right? Yeah. That's what we're here for. Um, there's those two characters, and they work at an architecture firm together, because there are only so many jobs that you're allowed to have in a story, and that's one of them. And this, well, this brings us probably immediately into one of my notes, which I'm going to pull up on my Kindle. The architecture firm is called Jeffers, Bailey, and Pekowski. Uh-huh. And I said, couldn't the company just be called, like, Active Design? Or something normal. Like, that's yeah. not a snappy name. Oh, who should we get to design this? How about Jeffers, Bailey, and Pekowski? And, like, I always think with companies that are named after the people who founded them or however that works, what happens when they don't work there anymore? I think you change the name. And so then, like, how do you maintain a reputation? I, I um, got told by someone that if you're going to name, if you're going to start your own company and you want to name it, don't name it Peter's Design Company. Because when you go to somewhere and you're like, oh, yeah, I work for Peter's Design Company. I'm Peter. They'll be like, oh, I know what sort of operation this is. <laughs> but if you go, I work for KWM. I'm Peter. They're like, oh. 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 Also, like, I think Peter's a really funny name. I was going to make ice cream. I think someone beat you to it. Dang. Unless you also are inventing time travel. I was thinking if I did invent time travel. 
I'd totally use it for product design testing. Like I'd design a product or, or like, you know, like I'd start like a consumer magazine and then I'd release a new MacBook and then I'd need to go like 10 years into the future and then read all like the think pieces on like, oh, that MacBook wasn't very good because of this, this and this. And then I go back to present day and then say, oh, don't buy this one. It has a bad keyboard. Such a nerd moment. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, and like a better impact would be like when they build a bridge, I can just like go forward like 300 years and be like, oh, yeah, that bridge only lasted 80 years and six people died on it. Go back and go, rethink this one, boys. You want to put more suspension in the yeah. uh, middle section. <laughs> yeah. How do you know? Don't ask. <laughs> Has implications for your future. I think I just pants famous people from the past. What, you'd go back to before they're famous and bully them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be brilliant. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then, like, I could be folklore. That's what I want. I just want to be folklore. Why are we on time travel? Ah, oh, you mentioned it. Yeah. Listeners, write in and remind us. <laughs> Leave a comment below. Wait, this is no, we have a Reddit comment section. Oh, yeah. Hey, Reddit. Let no us one's know. used it. <laughs> Unless net neutrality has just taken over everything. <gasps> Relevantness. <laughs> you've dated this yeah, podcast. I was about to say, dated this podcast a lot, haven't I? I just want my front page back, guys. <laughs> God, I'll have to edit this quick or that'll be dated by the time we release it. Yes. Get editing now, Carlin. What are you doing? You're only like a few minutes in. Go faster. Frank, go faster. So they work for a design company. An architecture company. An architecture company. Yeah, totally yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, Chris, our protagonist. Yeah, although we do get, I found it interesting that we get like both perspectives, like chapter by chapter, even the same perspectives. But mm. I would agree that Chris is the protagonist. Yeah, I definitely felt that we sort of like every now and again got yeah perspective. Yeah, I have a lot of opinions on Chris, but we'll get to that. There's also their boss, who just seems like. Generic boss figure. Yeah, and like generic old white dude figure as well. Mm. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there. We'll get into it. There's a lot of problems with this book. So, Chris is an architect. He's not yet a partner, which I didn't know architects were friends, but partners, I think that's a more fun thing. I don't understand everything. I believe that becoming a partner means that you've like been accepted to the higher level of the company and then you have to buy into the company like you invest your money in it and you're now like a shareholder in the company's profits and so it means you're now in a safer position because you essentially own the company mm -hmm. but i thought that was unique to law firms i don't know if it's i don't know how do businesses work all those people wearing business attire like not business casual but business attire who walk past me in the city i'm always like where do you go what do you do they do business. You? What job do you do? Like, nine to five, what do you sit down and do? Because I barely understand what I do. They open up a spreadsheet. And then they open up Reddit. Yep. <laughs> and they all have the latest version of Microsoft so that they can do the split screen thing. But they do it with three, so it looks like they're really busy. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Split Reddit in one and a small one, so it looks like it's just text. Then they have a spreadsheet. Have you Something seen the else. person, actually I think it might be dead now, but the person coded Reddit so that you could download it in um, Microsoft's uh, Outlook. I don't know. 
and so like each thread looks like a new email and you would open it up and it would open up this email with all the comments in the email and it looked like threaded email but it was threaded, threaded comments and you could open the pictures as attachments and shit like that i think it's dead now i think all like the version of outlook that it is is like 10 years old but it existed briefly that's brilliant mm. some people do good things with their lives you know <laughs> some people some people just make the world a better place you know chris doesn't our protagonist he's a bit of a dick right i wouldn't go so far as to say as a dick i didn't hate him as much as i hated our last protagonist interesting but I did think Chris was an absolute knob. Like, I would not want to hang out with him, but I'm not... He wasn't explicitly abusive like our last person was. Interesting. Because I think, honestly, just because of the length of the last book, I got a bit caught up in it and was, like, you know, like, willing to overlook all the flaws of the characters because I was, like, in in the story or whatever. Um... Also, last week, remember, I was like, there was a very specific point where this book lost me, and it was, like, a little bit into the book. This one, it's, like, page two. Really? Yeah. I just very much so did not like this book. Yeah, I just wrote, ew, at one point. That's one of my notes. Yeah, I have a lot of notes that are ill. <laughs> so, yeah, my whole problem with Chris was he just seemed to not like people and women and seemed to be okay with being, like, complacent with sexism in the workplace in order to get ahead and, like... Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. And, and um, just seemed like a bad guy and seemed to really put this person that he knew hardly anything about up on a pedestal and we were supposed to, like, feel good and think he was charming because he put her on a pedestal. Like, I just found it... He felt like a weird-ass stalker and... There didn't seem like any reason for Ali to like him so much. That's another thing. What's with these books and it just being like, oh, he's attractive. Oh, no, no, don't worry anything about his personality. He is just attractive. He's gorgeous to look at. His eyes. Oh, my God. He put his arms above his head. I could see his abs. Squish. He had curly hair, though, so I was fine with that. <laughs> Do you wish that there was more about how he conditioned his hair in there? Okay, so as a genuine thing, mm -hmm. I'd never been happy with my curly hair until Kit Harrington on Game of Thrones got started putting up on the pedestal. Was like, oh, he's so attractive because he's legitimately the first person, like, on TV to be considered attractive with curly hair in my lifetime mm. that I've taken notice of. Like up until then, so it's always like, oh, you yeah. know, guys are meant to look like short, straight hair high and tight that's what that's what Channing Tatum has that's what you should have and it's like no Kit Harrington was the only so no I would be fine with more curly haired protagonists oh yeah no I think that there should be more protagonists of all shapes and sizes oh yeah I'm also a white dude so like I've got it pretty easy <laughs> yeah um in this part of the podcast the white dude describes how he feels underrepresented in the media <laughs> <laughs> They should be neck and neck, fighting for promotion to junior partner. Luckily, their boss favoured him. Yeah, luckily the old white dude favours the young white dude. Lucky for him. 
that never happened. <laughs> just so happens that this one time, Chris, this white dude, has an upper hand in a business setting. Chris has some hard okay. <laughs> he grew up in a trailer. He didn't have a birthday. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, yeah, we haven't even gone through the plot, we've just done characters. Can I just jump in with my... Yeah, I think I need to put this complaint up top. I want okay. to jump in with this I... complaint for a little bit. There was no sex. Mm-hmm. For the whole book. Mm-hmm. I, the whole time, I was just sort of, like, waiting, and, like, heaps of my notes throughout are just, like, so they're going to bunk yet? Like, when's this happening? And I get to the end, because the book ends at 83%. And I was like, oh. Oh, what? Mm. They just, they, like, kiss once. The first kiss is off screen. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, because they, or, there's at least some kisses off screen. Oh, most, no, most of the kisses are off screen. I'm pretty sure the first one kisses on the TV screen. Mm-hmm. So plot time? Plot. So, they work at this architecture firm. They're both buying Katana. And, oh my god, another thing that I hate about this <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, they, so, their boss, um, calls a meeting of everyone and is like, hey everyone, my wife needs a hobby and her latest hobby is uh, this charity called, what's it called? Jersey City or somewhere. Fuck it. You were saying it's a real charity though. It is a real charity. Everyone donate to it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, spend your money however you want to spend your money. I don't know. Maybe they don't spend any of their money on the kids. Who knows? Yeah, but anyway. it happens. Um, what's her project? A local charity that throws birthday parties for underprivileged kids. Uh, it's called Beverly's Birthday Parties. There you go. Beverly's Birthday Yeah. Um, in this part of the um, the I'm sure they love their kids. Describes how but, was underrepresented. Uh, so <laughs> the boss calls a meeting with all the complaining about how his wife's other hobbies have been disrupted to his household. And he literally says word for word that now she's found something to do that won't disrupt our house. Like, get fucked, mate. If that's not an indication of, like, what all of the men in this book are like. In the book's credit, he is, like, definitely signposted as being a knob. Like, the book is against the boss. The book is saying your boss is bad. To the book's Mm non-credit. To the book's debit. <laughs> for the book's debit, Chris is also meant to be behaves mostly the same way and is considered like the loving person or even wonderful. Maybe you know what? Maybe I just expect my book to follow like traditional themes, but like if the boss is presented as a villain, he doesn't ever get like a villain's end, you know? Like nothing There's no comeuppance. Yeah, and there was a lot of themes throughout this book. Where it would sort of talk about how Ali had struggled as a woman in a male-dominated field. That was a big thing that was talked about a lot. And I kept waiting for them to do something with it. And they didn't. Yeah, actually, because the setup for this book I enjoyed. Like, I thought it was a cool setup in that, like, you know, there are these two people, the two hottest people in the office. And they're both competing for the same job. And there's, like, you know, professional tension. 
oh, I don't actually, I want to be better for this job. I want to be better than this man for this job. But also they're kind of got the hot for each other. So they're like, you know, they're romantically interested, but also they're put against each other in a business sense and they're teamed up on the same project. It all, mm. it's a cool setup. Yeah, no. But then they just sort of didn't explore any of that. I guess in like the three pages long that this book was, you didn't really have time <laughs> to explore it. But yeah, I they really didn't. Like if someone, yeah, if someone described this plot to me in a hundred words or less, which we haven't managed to do yet, I'm really sorry. Um, I'd be like, shit, yeah, that sounds like a great book. Like, you I'm know, pretty sure there is a romantic comedy that predicts this. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's like twenty where they are literally architects in exactly the same scenario. I'm sure there's one where they have the same names. <laughs> there aren't that many names in the world, but there are a lot of romantic comedies. Um, but yeah, they really just didn't explore it. I just wanted... I wanted her to have a fucking victory. You know? Mm. What's with the women in romantic books never getting... It's always a compromise. I mean, you just can't have it all. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, it's like a working girl storyline in all of these, you know? I mean, again, I don't know the age of the author, but I'm presuming that if you're writing romantic novels, you stereotype horribly. I'm sorry. You're probably the age that grew up with the movie Working Girl. Yeah, and all the romantic comedies that followed that same. Yeah. Yeah, like that, just whole, like, world mindset in 1984. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. And I guess maybe that is genuinely, like, a romantic outcome for them. Like, if that's the way that romance has always been portrayed to you, you're going to genuinely find that romantic. Like Stockholm Syndrome, but shitty romance. <laughs> um, Should we just absolutely speed through, like, the, the backbone of this plot? Yeah, we could probably we could probably read this whole book to you word for word, and it would be shorter than our last podcast. So Chris and Ali are up for the same job. Yeah. They both really want to do it. They get mm-hmm. put on the same project for their boss's wife's charity. Yeah. Or yeah. Charity she's interested in. Yeah, yeah. And then they they work on this project, or it's not even really a project. They they're just helping out at the charity on work hours. Yeah, it's sort of like pro bono work, but again, they're architects, not lawyers. What is this book? And they're, again, I don't know if they're architects, or maybe they're just people, but, but they weren't architecting for the charity, they were just helping out, they were working out with Yeah, kids. they were just being like people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there is a lot of sexual tension between them, and they kind of start dating. They go out for drinks, like work casually drinks, yeah, and then they go like out twice them. more as kind of romantic. Yeah. And then there's some shenanigans with the charity. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately Chris decides, what if we talk to the boss and we come up with a ripper idea for the charity because they made a mistake at the charity and got reprimanded. And he said, what if we come up with a great idea to build a new building for the charity mm. and then we both claim ownership of it and both become partners but with a reduced pay so yeah. that they can afford to put both of you as partners. Yeah, because they realise one of their moral core beliefs that they share is that neither of them really care about money, they just want security. And we learned that Chris, early in the book, we learned that Chris grew up poor and he's never had a birthday party. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end of the book, once they both get the promotion, Ali throws, I was meant to get a say here, 
Ali throws um, Chris a birthday party. Yep. So that's the that's the book, and it, it took about that long to read. Yeah, pretty much. Let's let's jump back into the rest of it. Yeah. Um. Here's an interesting thing. Was there anything about the book that you liked? Mmm. I liked that Chris was the hottest guy in the office with his dreadful fashion sense. Oh, every time they described his clothes, it was just awful. Yeah, I highlighted all of it. I've got it highlighted right here. Chris shoved his hands deep into the pockets of his khakis. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a romantic line. Like, ooh. Ooh. Khakis. Which pockets? And then later he's wearing cargo shorts. (laughs) He's got like the same bag he's got cargo shorts on. And at one point they're out for like cocktails. And he's wearing an olive green suit with a lavender tie. Oh my god. Yeah, that was the one that stood out for me. I was like, what? Are you just naming colours, you know, author? What is going on? Jesus. Yeah, when he actually, when he was wearing cargo shorts, I thought about that subreddit that you hate with the, like, everyday carry or whatever it is. Like, the stuff that you carry in your pockets every day. And I just imagined his with, like masses of stuff and that's why he always has to be wearing khakis or cargo shorts or something <laughs> where would you even get an olive green suit <laughs> <laughs> he actually flew to vietnam and got it custom made <laughs> as a tax writer <laughs> you have to like bring the dye with you <laughs> <laughs> he bought a white suit and dyed it olive green at home <laughs> he tie dyed it <laughs> Babe, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> Hands right in the, the drawings with me in an olive green tie-dyed suit. <laughs> <laughs> All you know is that he has curly hair and what he's wearing. <laughs> he's also tall. And he's a white dude. Oh my god, they know exactly what you look like. Pretty much. <laughs> he has a beard. Yeah, thanks for doing that for me. I'm just not ready. Who made that you have a beard to our audience, or...? No, the joke was that you are my beard, as in, like, oh. you have a girlfriend because it's a beard. <laughs> that just went straight over my head. Shush. Oh, yeah, that was a, a note I made. I'm just going through the notes. Mm. Um, the dialogue... Often there'd be a lot of explanation and then, like, a bit of dialogue, and it wouldn't always say, send Chris, which is possibly just my, like, poor comprehension. Often I'd get confused and have to read the same section a bunch of times to work out who was doing what line. Because their lines were so generic and both of them were so catty with each other the whole time that you couldn't tell from context who was yeah. saying what. Yeah, especially when they were like having an argument. They just mm. sort of, the author would just discuss like how pissed they both were at each other. And then one of them would say something and it wasn't like specific enough. Like, why the fuck do you wear olive green suits? <laughs> yeah, unless there's a pronoun in there, both the argument could apply to both of them. Exactly. Or the word birthday. Yeah. And they have to plan birthday parties for children because they're architects. They could have just been event planners. There were two children who were given names and character. And I just don't know why, because they never... I was waiting for them to come back. That section with... Clearly this person, the person who wrote this book, doesn't have children. And or, if they do have children, had children in, like, the 18th century. Yes. Because they're like, hey, mister. <laughs> hey, mister. 
<laughs> they're always saying Mr. and they're like, they just speak like they're in a Charles Dickens novel. Yeah, they really do. The story wasn't coherent for me at any point. Maybe it's just because, like, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I didn't give this book a good enough chance by reading it, like, right before I went to bed and then on the train not really concentrating. But, like... When else do you read romance novels? I don't know. That is the ideal circumstance. I don't know. Um, but it was just weird. Like, I didn't understand why anything was happening, you know? Like, usually... Usually with books, I'm sort of like, oh, I kind of know what's going to happen. Or you're like, oh, conflict is about to happen. Oh, resolution is about to happen. Cool, I get what's going on. I get what's going to happen. With this book, I just kept getting whiplash because things just kept happening. And there was never, you know, because they're sort of, they're together, they go on these couple dates, and then they have a big falling out. And they're separate for, like, five pages, maybe? There wasn't enough time in the book for me to be like, oh no, they're never going to get back together. Yeah, that one, they were apart for long enough that I would have that reaction, but they weren't together for long enough. They sort of went on like one date and then they didn't hang out the next day. I was like, well, they went on three dates technically, but they were all three consecutive nights and two of them were off screen. Yeah. Is there a word for off screen for anything in that book? I like off screen because it's a screen, but it's a computer. Oh, that works. Yeah, I, I thought there was, like, because part of the plot was that Chris had to pretend to his boss that he's a massive playboy because his boss liked hearing dirty stories. Oh, what a fucking twist. And so I thought the second act was going to be all about how Harley thinks Chris is a playboy and Chris can't explain that he's not. And, and that possibly could have been, for a romance novel, a fine enough second act that they're not communicating about his real lifestyle or she won't believe him because he's been lying about it for a decade. Mm. Um... But they just, like, resolved that on their first date. Like, it was like, they made some playful banter about it. And then he was like, oh, actually, no, it's not true. Here's the reason why I was doing it. To get ahead in the workplace. So it broke. And she was kind of like, oh, cool. Yeah, and then later on, when they're talking about, they talk about why they want partnership. Like, their different reasons for wanting it. And Chris is sort of like, I grew up poor and I want that security. I want a job where I know that I'm going to have money. I know where my next paycheck's coming from. I've got a name for myself. I know I can go to any job I want. You know, he's basically like, once I get this partnership, even if I lose my job at this place, I can go to the next place and be like, yo, I was partner back there. And totally makes sense. And Ali's sort of like, I'm a woman in this field. I want partnership because I want to sort of, I don't want everyone to look at me and be like, oh, that's Ali, she's the chick who works at that architecture firm. I want them to be like, that's Ali, she's partner at that architecture firm, you know? Like actually, they... when that line of dialogue came up, I highlighted it and noted, yes, because as soon as you become partner, there's sexism around. You'll still right? face it. Yeah, she's still going to face it. And especially if the higher-ups at her workplace are just some people who want to hear dirty stories from their male mm. employees. And, like, just none of it made sense like and that's so naive to think that's gonna happen but because everyone will say oh they just made it like not everyone but like you know the the men the red pill and men's rights activists will all be like oh they just made a partner because she's a woman and they want to divorce her you can hear them saying that now and it's like yeah. oh she's genuinely the equal best architect at the firm yeah um but chris has this whole part where he's talking about how he 
you know, he was only being such a dickhead and, like, telling these dirty stories to their boss and everything to get ahead in the workplace. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I totally get why you would do that. I just worked really, really fucking hard and was really good at my job so that they would look past their sexist ways and be forced to recognise how good I was. And as soon as she says that, I'm like, bitch, you deserve so much better. You deserve someone who is like, yeah, you worked really fucking hard. And someone who was like, you know what? Ali's probably better than me because she is seen as my equal in a place where the boss likes hearing dirty fucking stories about your weekend, you know? Like, yeah, because well, they'll both have the same thing, and their boss is trying to split hairs between them. Like, yeah, like, to it's, it's, not, it's not like, oh, everyone knows it, but Chris is going to get it. It's genuinely the boss is trying to decide who deserves it better. And so she's facing all of the sexism, and he is a suck-up to the boss. And the boss doesn't know, like, the boss doesn't think he's a suck-up, the boss just enjoys his company. So it's his boss's chummy friend versus the woman in the workplace. And they're on equal footing. <laughs> she's the better architect. Clearly she's just miles ahead of him, right? Like, yeah. So, she deserves the... Yeah. Oh, babe, this whole... If every romance novel... God, this is going to be one of those things where I say it now, and then in, like, ten podcast time, I'm going to be like, who fucking told you they can't? But, um, if I finish every book, and I'm like, she deserves so much better, I'm going to be pissed. I, I really enjoyed this, because he told the story of how he had to start lying to his boss about dirty stories, because his his boss comes in and he's working late, and his boss made a joke or genuinely like spoke to him about why are you working late? Are you not good enough to do your job in the eight hours of workday? And so he made up a story, and his story was that he was killing time between his cocktail date and his dinner date. Which one? Why do you get your dinner date fucked up? But he's killing time between the two. And then he pulled out a quarter and asked if he should help decide if he should line up a dessert date third or just go home with the second date and then flip the coin. Who makes up a story like that, particularly yeah. if you're not that type of person, to your boss, right, in a workplace environment involving a prop in such an obnoxious way? Yeah, like if that's the first thing that comes to mind when your boss is like, why are you here so late? You like, can you not get your work done during the day? I'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, I can. I'm just, you know, trying to do this extra thing, or like, which yeah. was the truth. He was there to work on his own project. If you're a boss and you're like, oh, I just want to design an extra building because I really like it, I'd be like, rad. Rad. You're an architect. Yeah, you're passionate yeah. about this thing that we do for like eight hours out of twenty-four hours, five days a week. You know, like that's probably good. I'm glad you're passionate about your job. Yeah, it's so weird. And also, how out of touch is their boss if, like, it does take working that late to perform well in this company and he doesn't know it? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, I can't talk about all firms, but some places they genuinely do, like, encourage you to work back. Even if you don't do anything, you'll be there late. And it's like, that's a shitty behavior. That's a very shitty. I'm sorry to people who are working back right now and listening. Oh my god, that must be awful. I'm so sorry. Just think about how good Clint sounded. My boss left at four today, and I was like, I guess I should make like an effort to stay to five, so I left at four thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing training today, and 
the lady said that we could leave as soon as we finished the test, and so I just smashed through the test in about five minutes, and then stood up and went over to her, and she was like, that was really quick. And I was like, yes, I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like, why, why in Chris's head is the first thing that came to mind, like, that obnoxious? Because even if, you know, you sort of, because he says, like, he heard his boss making comments to another worker about that sort of thing, and he sort of, like, saw an in to get that relationship with his boss. Even if we forgive that, and he's sort of like, oh, if I present myself as more of, like, a cool dude or a player or whatever you want to say, then my boss might like me more. Yeah, absolute dickhole. Um, as I heard today, a one-eyed cat. <laughs> a one-eyed cat? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's in the song, um, Shake, Rattle, and Roll. I know, I know, I know the song. Yeah. That's about having sex in the kitchen. What? And it includes the line, a one-eyed cat went shopping in the seafood store. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners, we have to go listen to a song real quick. <laughs> Because that's from, like, the 50s? Oh my god, 50s songs are terrible. Really? Some of them are, like, fucking dirty. Oh, I must still be listening to them as, like, the 50s mindset where I'm just like, oh, it's just Buddy Holly. Yeah. He's just a nice boy who wears glasses. So many of them are, like, real dirty songs that they, like, clean up vaguely for radio, you know? <laughs> um, anyway. Um, yeah, why is that the first thing that comes to mind? It can't be. I couldn't come up with that story if you gave me time. Yeah, and even if... Yeah, no, that's what I was getting at. Even if he wants to present as a dickhole, a.k.a. a player, why go from zero to a hundred with it? You know? Why not be like, yeah, I had a date earlier tonight and I'm, like, about to go to another date, so I just thought I'd kill some time here in between. Done. Why is there this, like, coin flip magic trick dance number in between? <laughs> you know? And why is it like, oh, yeah, like, should I go to the third date or should I just go home with the second girl? You know, like, I'd be like telling my boss I was going on a date. Feels like I should probably talk to Joe from HR, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That was problematic, wasn't it? I just, like, and everything I hear about Ali in this book, she could do so much better. By all accounts, she's gorgeous. She's, like, by far the best architect in this town. And, like, about to get a big promotion and be, like, hella rich. Babe, go get yourself the cutest boy in any architectural firm, not just your own one. Also, in, like, most, like, working girl comedies, like, the problem is that, like, she can't make time for him. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm so busy with work. All I want is this promotion. You know, I can't make time for dates. Yeah, she can make time. Like, in the book, she makes time. Like, she's totally open to dating and, like, totally happy to date around and make time and after work like oh whatever it's you know I can off the clock now that's not her problem mm. by all accounts she doesn't have a problem the vomit scene oh described in too much detail <laughs> what they had to because they're looking after these kids for this charity and they take them to an amusement park and then Chris feeds them a bunch of junk food and they go on a ride and then all the kids vomit and it's meant to be like there's like a bunch of sexual tension between the two protagonists and then the kids get off the ride right at the climactic mode moment 
and the kitchen starts vomiting. And like all of them vomit. Yeah, and it just keeps describing it and it won't stop. It's like the clam chowder scene from Family Guy. Like it just keeps on going. <laughs> and it's like this is a real romance novel. I don't you can have some vomit in a romance novel, mm. but not too much. <laughs> don't yuck on a young guy. Um gross I gross myself out. Um I think that there was probably more words describing this vomit scene than there was any sexual thing whatsoever between them. Because all we had was that one thing. Yeah, or even their bodies. Like, I can only, I can't describe either of them looks rather than, like, we mm. had curly hair, she had honey eyes, I think was what she said, which I don't actually know what colour that is. What colour are honey eyes supposed to be? Hazel, maybe. Yeah. Thinking a real dark honey could be hazel. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, my shining light from the whole book was right at the end when uh, they've both gotten a promotion. I'm still saying it, so it's fine about it. They've both got a promotion, mm-hmm. and Ali's started to throw a party for for Chris. And so she's invited all his friends, and they're all downstairs ready to party. But I've got a special treat first, just what you asked for, a cupcake in each hand, which is like you mentioned earlier. And she pulled two... And at this point, I've read the whole book and we're like two pages from the end and there's been no sex at all. And I'm just grasping at straws for sex. Did you think she pulled her titties out of her dress? I did. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, ooh. No, she pulled two elaborately frosted cupcakes out from the drawer. Oh. Maybe. Maybe this book goes over both of our heads and all of it is just elaborate metaphors for things. Probably not, eh? Hey girl, I like those frosted cupcakes of yours. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that scene. So they go into their boss and present this big idea that they had that is essentially like Oh good, this is what I want to complain about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's essentially like, hey, you should promote both of us, but don't give us our wage increase yet. We want what you would increase our wages to to go towards making this new place for this charity for this this, and like a community center for this community um and we want to like design the building with the help of our subordinates and all that sort of stuff um yeah cool what if the boss was like oh fuck no you're both fired and then she's like by the way all of your friends are downstairs (laughs) here are two cupcakes oh no quite what i wanted to complain about their pitch was Okay, we know we fucked up. We've made all the children sick, but instead we want to build a community centre that the charity can operate out of. It's for a charity. Trust me, it's a write-off. We can write this whole thing off, right? And you can put our wage increase will forfeit that and pay for this project. Carlin, you now work in a civil-related industry. Mm -hmm. How much do you think it would cost to build a public space with enough room for work centres, a charity to operate out of, um, rooms to let children play in, after-school programs. A gym for old people. A gym for old people. Specifically old people, though. Maybe a gym for young people also. Yeah, keep Um, them separate. Yeah. How much do you think that project will cost? In a a government area, because you've got to have Mm -hmm. the council involved, because it's a council thing, right? Yeah. Um, I think the amount of work that would go into finding a space to put it in an inner city 
area that was not like messed up or inappropriate in some way because of like surrounding infrastructure or wasn't like denied because of like council regulations or anything like that the chances of literally finding somewhere to put it pretty slim the chances that two people's not whole wages just the increase on one wage increases yeah yeah no that's not how it works Yet you couldn't find a place and do the testing at a place for that amount of money, let alone getting all the permits and even constructing. I reckon drafting the contract for that level of work would cost the wage increase of a full-time equivalent. Yeah, like, okay, so I don't really understand what grown-ups who aren't graduates make in terms of money. Like, I just have no concept. Even if we put it down as a million dollars and they're going to make, like, two million dollars, you've only got a million dollars to play with. Play with. Yeah. Also... Part of their big pitch was that, like, you should make us both partners. Like, no, we only need one new partner. Like, if the job's not there, the job's not fucking there, guys. You can't just both have it. It's not the way this works. Yeah, also, again, I'm not sure how partner works, but I believe you're buying into a company, and so by adding a partner, you're diminishing everyone else's share of the company because you're adding a new shareholder um, without changing the number of shares. Um, So I believe you're adding two partners, unless they're half partners, you're like everyone else's share in the company gets diminished. Oh, but they're in a relationship, so they share everything, so it doesn't matter. They've been dating for like two days for a while. At this point, are they even dating? No. Yeah. But they have a joint banking account. <laughs> um, they're legally the one person. Yeah. <laughs> they cut up their birth certificates and. Stupid book. Stupid, stupid book. Stupid ideas. Two stars and a wish. Well, the brief moment where I thought she was going to get her kicked out of the office. That was a star for me. Yeah. Um, another star would perhaps be... No, yeah. Chris's fashion choices. That's a star for me. Yeah. <laughs> and... Need a good giggle in your life, right? Yeah. And I wish would be if there was any sex. And the, I'm not even going to address, like, oh, I wish they had good gender roles. No, I don't... I wish there was sex in the book. Because it's a romance book. Like, it failed at its primary function. Yeah. Also failed at secondary functions. Um, but failed at the primary function of no sex in the book. Yeah. That would definitely be my wish as well. Like, not even just sex. I wish that this book had made them horny at any point, you know? Like, there, nothing nothing in it was hot. Like, at no point was I reading it and I was like, hmm, all right. You know, like... Yeah. There, like, even, like, the kiss that they had on that first date, there wasn't, like, brewing sexual tension being described between them. Just all of a sudden they were kissing. And so that was your wish, two stars? Two stars is honestly a struggle for me. Um, the discussion of the struggles that Ali had faced as a woman in a male-dominated field, I appreciated. That's a big complaint I have about it. But I liked that. Like, when it, like it got me excited every time that they talked about that because I thought they would do something with it. Um, and even just having it talked about was pretty cool. Um... Genuinely, I don't think I have a second star. This book was... Oh, no, no, no. Second star. This book was really short, and I didn't have to read it for very long. Oh, gosh, it was so breezy. Uh, earlier, I said that there was, like, 800 Kindle locations. A third of this book was a preview for a different book. So there's only, like, like 600... Eight doesn't divide yeah. by three, so no, I don't know. Oh, that's <laughs> but, like, yeah, there's so few Kindle locations in the 
this thing. Like it would have been like an eighty page book maybe. It would have been so thin. Imagine if we'd actually bought the six day flight. Oh, it would have been large font. I reckon we would have accidentally bought two. You know, like when you pick it up and you're holding it and it just feels like it's right, it's the right thickness, and then you realise you actually got two. Yeah, do that all the time with George R. R. Martin books. Constantly. Because I pick them up with two hands anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I already know the answer to this, but our other question is, did you wait through it? Well, I read part of it at work. Uh-huh. So, so I was yes. already masturbating. <laughs> But no, there was nothing that you could even masturbate to. Like, there's nothing no. to get excited about. Like, their their kiss scene was, like, vaguely nice. There was a cute moment, I can't think of well defining it, but there was a moment where I recognised, like, oh, that was kind of cute. But there was nothing on it. No. Other than that we're told their protagonists are hot. And they're not even described, like... No, we're just told they're hot. Usually in, in like, most novels, not just romance novels, you're told enough about a character so that you can build your own idea of what they look like without being told like very specifically like exactly what they look like that's a good thing about books they just go blonde hair black eyes strong jaw i mean then you can get annoyed with whoever they cast in the movie yeah exactly um this book didn't even give you that like uh i couldn't tell you if ali was tall or short what color hair she had if she was curvy if she was if she was athletic, if she was like literally anything. If she had really short hair, really long hair, like if she was an amputee. Yeah, how many limbs did she have, man? Um could not tell you. Um I also did not glance for this book. That's probably for the best. Probably. I was on a train for a lot of it, so not that, that would have stopped the train to <laughs> add into your mental picture of me not glancing. I kind of liked it just because, like, I didn't read it for long enough to not like it. I I think I... It's like having an opinion on a YouTube video. It's like, oh, did it happen? <laughs> <laughs> and then five hours pass and you're still there. Uh, that being said, if someone was like, alright, someone's either going to read this book or the book that you read last week. Oh, this is so much better than last I week. I would still say this book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because this book, like, is shitty workplace practices, which is awful for a huge problem in society. But last week we were reading about an abusive relationship, and you know, Grey Industries has or whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Also has the same problem. <laughs> yes. It was just off screen. Um, yeah, and this this didn't have enough of a relationship for it to be anything, let alone you know emotionally manipulative in the same way that the last book book was. No, like they had like a fine first date and then two off-screen dates. Yeah. And, like, she and throws think, him a party, which is a nice end of it. I think because there was no... And then they got married, and then they had babies, and then they lived happily ever after, and they were forever together, and it was beautiful, and they had Christmases and a dog, and yay. Um, because that didn't happen the way that it did last week, in my mind, in my head canon, they just break up, like, a week later, you know? Ali's sort of like... Wait, no, I'm a hot fucking bitch and such a better ass cook than you. Fuck you, I'll just open up my own firm and have 20 gorgeous boyfriends. <laughs> you know? Who don't wear cargo shorts. Yeah. 
none of them will wear cargo shorts unless that's my fetish and then they will only wear cargo shorts. And nothing else. Is there anything you would like to recommend? I would like to recommend. Yeah, not rather than this book, go out and... No, Infinite Immortal Bands is really funny. Yeah, it's, it's a cartoon about, or a comic about this man, Ben, who exists across all time and all space in all universes. And he's just a fucking boring dude who has no original insights on anything. Oh, and he's yeah. just kind of like a passive character in his own life. <laughs> They're always so funny. And one of the things I love about them is he does a really good job of, you know, it's all the same silly kind of humor and everything mm. and like riffs off that one idea. But some weeks, or I don't know how often he posts, but when he posts, sometimes I giggle because I'm so disgusted by the concept of it that I'm like, ew, and then I start laughing. And then other weeks I laugh because I'm like, that's ridiculous. And then other weeks I laugh because I'm like, that's so fucking smart and hilarious. Yeah, and they're like alien, because it's normally an interaction with aliens. Um, or often. The alien design is so clever. Mm. And there's just things that I wouldn't have even thought of, like couldn't have thought of. Like one week he has to learn to, he's trying to pronounce an alien's name, and the alien's name is pronounced using wet spaghetti noodles. <laughs> that is a great one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's only got 300 followers on Instagram, which is a tragedy. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, when I found that out, I was like, how is that possible? How do I know about this before other people know about this? Yeah. Why doesn't everyone love this already? So that's my recommend for the week. Um, if we're doing web comics, I really like Katana comics. They're adorable. They're fucking adorable. If you like couples, are in a couple, know a couple, or have ever had any romantic feelings towards anything in your life, it's pretty fucking hilarious. And if you haven't, try it out. Maybe you'll find it funny too. Oh, I thought you meant try out relationships. <laughs> oh, no. You do you. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. Oh, you know what else I want to recommend? Guys, everyone watch the women's cricket. If you live in Australia slash Victoria, probably, because none of the rest of Australia really cares about cricket. But if you do, if you just so happen to live in our country slash state, watch the women's cricket, because it's better than the men's cricket. It's still cricket. But it's better than the men's cricket, and also it's still pretty fucking good. And also they can't, because they don't get like the sponsorship and the airtime and everything of everyone else, they're not actually fucking professional sportsmen. You it's kind of like the old spirit of the Olympics, where like a dude was a professional lumberjack for a year, and then he's like, "Fuck it, I reckon I can run faster than everyone else," and would enter the Olympics. Or like some woman, you know, worked as a typist who did the nineteen hundreds. His typewriter thing invented things. I'm not good at history, hmm. and it's like, you know what? I can probably do javelin. And you would just go along, and it was just everyone trying their best. Yeah. But these women aren't like that because they're professional athletes and just don't get paid for it so they're also holding down a full-time job and a career yeah actually you could probably expand that to most things if this book was about a woman struggling in a male-dominated field go check out your women's sporting team of your favorite sport if you fucking love hockey go check out what your nation's female hockey team is doing because i bet they're fucking kicking ass <laughs> no they're not they're gonna lose to australia's female hockey uh, team. yeah obviously but no, genuinely, yeah. we are so good oh, at football. Yeah. Our women, our men are pointless. Yeah. Do you have anything to plug? No, we don't exist on the internet until now. <laughs> this. Listen to this. Do this. Don't find our personal things. That's creepy. Oh, you can find me at Easter Borneo online. Yeah. I kick around places. You can work out how to spell my name. It's 
probably in the description of this podcast. Unlike the only one, you'll find me in two seconds. But don't. Thanks. <laughs> um, write in and let us know whether we should drink during these. Oh, you're being drinky during this podcast. episode. <laughs> I know I've addressed the audience a lot more now that we're drinking. Mm. Oh, for sure. If I ever meet anyone who listens to our podcast, I'm going to be like, you don't look like a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so are you the microphone or Peter's MacBook? <laughs> I'm neither. Is the cable between the two? <laughs> <laughs> I never make eye contact with that. I'm so sorry. Do you feel left out? <laughs> Sometimes I think I should address Lennon when I do this. Don't explain that because I'm... <laughs> I'm not sure if it should be public knowledge. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> Peter's definitely on a list now. <laughs> Thank you to ASIO for bumping up our listeners by 100%. So, special thanks to our listener and to Gary, the ASIO agent. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thanks to that one person who commented on Reddit as well. Yeah, someone enjoyed it. What? Shout out to you for enjoying this. Are you crazy? Yeah. This is garbage. <laughs> We're garbage people living on a garbage island. <laughs> I don't know where that's from. It's okay, it's broken. Oh, it's some cartoon somewhere. I don't think it's a cartoon. I reckon I've heard it referenced, but maybe it's you who's referenced it before, yeah. and you don't know where it's from. Like the donut bagel thing, but I don't know where it's from, because <laughs> mentioned it one time. Oh, I saw, um, I was talking to Shane and Kelsey last night, and like about, that I want to get a tattoo and everything, yeah. and then Kelsey was showing me a tattoo artist, she was like, they also do lots of Simpsons tattoos, and someone got Lisa wrapped in the towel, and she's like, I am the Lizard Queen, as a tattoo, and now I'm like, well... Second tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I've since been thinking about my Star Wars tattoo and been like, maybe I should get a super obscure character. That would be hilarious. Yeah. I think you would really enjoy having gunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking of getting Malakiki, who's the Rancor Keeper. <laughs> but now that you mentioned gunk, gunk would be a great tattoo. Because <laughs> it's essentially a square. <laughs> get on your balls. Do you want me to get a gunk joint on my balls? Yes. I don't know if I'd be comfortable enough as a tattoo artist, because I'd imagine you'd have to like stretch it out tall. <laughs> I think it would also be just incredibly painful, right? No, the, the, the ball strings, or at least mine, Right in. <laughs> it's like the actual ball skin's like almost at no feeling. Oh. Like no, like that sort of feeling. Pain feeling, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know what we're doing tonight. The balls themselves. Oh boy. You can feel pain there. Yeah. But the other skin's nice. It's like your elbow skin. Like it pinches. I would like my pinch around my neck. Oh, I'm so much beer. My beer's run out of beer. Yeah, my beer ran out of beer. Let's get a bottle of beer. Special thanks to Little Fat Lamp, the brewed alcoholic ginger beer. I wonder how they would like that cheap for that. It wasn't cheap. It was 25 for a 10 pack. Nice. Yeah. It's actually really good. 
Yeah. I really kind of like ginger beer. Mm. Write in if you have any ginger beer suggestions. Because I'm really into ginger beer right now. Mm. Sorry. Root beer. Is that what root beer is? No, it's non-alcoholic. But I think it's the same as the non-alcoholic ginger beer. Really? I think. Ginger's a root, isn't it? I think that's what it is. For some reason. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like a root from like a palm tree. For some reason in my mind, root beer tastes purple. Are you thinking of cream and soda? No. Cream and soda doesn't taste purple to me. What colour does cream and soda taste? (laughs) It's like you have synesthesia. (laughs) Crisp for a long time. Knew they both like toffee with one sugar and lots of milk. I like fiction books too. <laughs> what a great thing to have in common. <laughs> oh man, if you guys know what movie that's from, kudos. Um, yeah, right? And also, um, I don't look specifically for people who drink their coffee the same way as me. When I was a waitress, that was a way that I would sometimes flirt with someone. Like if someone ordered the same coffee that I get, I'd be like, mm, that's the way I drink my coffee. You know? But like, I was a barista. Like that was just like flirty barista words. I don't actually look for that. In fact, did it just get confusing when you're in the cafe? What if one comes out before the other and then you have to do the awkward like, oh my name's Becky, oh no, oh, okay. Which we date fine and we don't drink the same coffee. We drink like pretty much as far on either end of the spectrum of coffee as you can get. I think you're underestimating the coffee spectrum. True. The Melbourne coffee spectrum? (laughs) I don't drink like a soy frappuccino with with cups of caramel. (laughs) Yeah, but no one does in this town. Um, no, I think I think in Melbourne we are as far on either end of the spectrum as you can get while still being in the realm of we can both get it from any cafe we go to. I was going to say, cold press is kind of a Melbourne thing to do, and you don't think that. No. You mean cold drinks? Both. No. Um, I do like heated coffee in Melbourne, but, like, not... No, 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 no. Like... The place I work for in Edinburgh did like hand pours or like made to order individual filter coffees out of like a Kahlua wave. It was delicious. They were two different choices. Amazing. If you're in Edinburgh, go to Brew Lab. You already know what it is because it's the best fucking coffee shop in the city. Coffee starts and ends with espresso. <laughs> Italians write in. I just like a different way of drinking <laughs> coffee, you guys. Oh yeah, you do you. Like everyone. How do you like your coffee? If you like a soy frappuccino with three pumps of caramel, go for it, babes. Yeah, don't yuck someone's yum. Yeah, don't yuck on a yum. Yeah, don't yuck on a yum. Dude, is this whole podcast yucking on someone's yum? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if this is your yum, you there are, better. Yeah, there are better yums out there. This is still a yum. Yeah. It's like you're eating home brand chocolate, and we're being like, dude, there's lint out there. Not even lint. Get some, like, Cadbury out there. Cadbury Dairy Milk Milk Chocolate. Peter's favourite chocolate. Yeah. I still like old gold because at heart I'm like <laughs> I'm like your eighty year old grandpa. Not your eighty year old grandma, I'm your eighty year old grandpa. <laughs> oh man, you're dating your father. <laughs> Should we wrap this bad boy up? We best do an outro. What's an outro gonna be? Give me five seconds.